Yo, welcome back to episode 4 the Man Was So Dope podcast. I just want to thank everybody who watched the previous episode, everybody that showed me love, um, a lot of good feedback, a lot of a lot of positivity, so I'm loving it, I'm loving it. So, let's get right into this one, man. I, I We got to start this right off the bat. Sports talk, baby. We're going to talk about Dwight Howard. Now, I don't know if you guys have known or seen but or read about this Dwight Howard situation, but... Y'all want to have some entertainment. Y'all want to, like, just laugh. There was actually a post yesterday on Twitter um, about Dwight Howard having, um, he's going to have surgery that's going to take him out for most of the season, um, and it's going to be on his glute, you know, his buttocks or whatever. And, yo, they were just legit. Like, everybody's been clowning Dwight Howard. Um, so, basically, what's going on is apparently, you know, last week or sometime within the last week or so, um, Dwight Howard got accused of um, being in a relationship with, with a transgender person. And um, it was just like, it was just all jokes. Like, it's, it's cool. Whatever Dwight Howard wants to do, that's his preference. But it's just all jokes, man, that, that you know, this this is ending up being a, an injury that, you know, it could be it could be related to what's going on with, with his personal life. But, you know, that's... That just something that I wanted to start off with that I thought cracked me up. So definitely just Google just Google Dwight Howard and see what's going on with him. Um and somebody somebody get your boy, man. I think that I feel like I could just imagine, you know, they always said that Kobe Kobe like absolutely hated Dwight Howard when he came to the Lakers. And I could just imagine like their interactions and then just the, them like I don't know, because Dwight Howard, he's just a he just seems like a goofy dude, and he doesn't care about much. Um, so I could just see Kobe just trying to like gun for his head or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's enough about D twelve. You could look that up and have fun and enjoy and laugh at that. But um, what I really want to talk about, what's going to be the main focal point of this episode, is going to be the breaking news that we are getting about my New York Mets potentially making a move to get. Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz from the Seattle Mariners. Now, I'm like 50-50 on this trade right now, man, because I, for one, I love Edwin Diaz. Like, I I, I remember watching him um, two years ago in the WBC playing for Puerto Rico, and dude was just nasty, filthy, he was lights out. And I, I looked at him, I'm like, yo, this guy has the potential to be one of the best closers in the league. And I remember that year I drafted him in fantasy. He was he was a little bit up and down, but last season like Edwin Diaz just had a a monster season, and um, he's definitely he's definitely a top three closer in in Major League Baseball right now, and he's only twenty four years old, so he's he's really young. Um, but my thing here is that just focusing on Edwin Diaz is there's a lot of there's a lot of relievers, there's a lot of closers out there that the Mets could just sign through free agency and I think the real issue here with this whole trade is is that the Mets are making this move to not spend any money and to just have money to spend on other you know other free agents which you know some people that's a good thing some people that's a bad thing but the Mets just they never want to spend money you know what I mean and I know that you know they could go out there and if they wanted to they could, you know, push hard for a Kimbrel, or they could push hard for like Andrew Miller. You know what I mean? They could, 
they could just sign a free agent instead of mortgaging like all of their top prospects, you know. So the problem the, the problem that I have with this deal, you know, I don't have a problem with Edwin Diaz. He's a top, you know, he's an all-star pitcher, all-star closer for years to come. Robinson Cano is not the same Robinson Cano that we've seen on the Yankees in the first years of him in Seattle. Robinson Cano is coming off of um, you know, a PED suspension. And Robinson Cano is 36 years old, man. So this dude has five years left on this contract. So I don't see any, like, there's nothing about Robinson Cano that entices me right now for the Mets. You know, I know he's going to, I mean, he's going to hit 300. The power's not going to be there. And I don't know, I just don't know how much productivity we're going to get from a 36-year-old Robinson Cano on the decline of his career with still five years left. You know what I mean? That means we're, we're, we're going to have to deal with Robinson Cano till he's 40. And this dude is an infielder. You got to, like, name, name, you know, name some infielders that are in their 40s that are still playing at a high level. The only one I could think of just retired, and that was Adrian Beltre, you know? So that's that's my thing with the Robbie Cano deal you know like I I the real issue here is that the Mets are giving up I think way too much um they're giving up you know Jay Bruce who cares about Swarzak who cares about like these are guys that you know they are what they are they're not they're not great um and but the real issue here is that we got two top prospects in the farm system um this guy Dunn and I think you pronounce it Kellenic He's a center fielder. These two guys are projected to be, you know, part of the future of the Mets, projected to be, you know, future ace and a future, you know, center fielder, a future centerpiece. And my issue here is why are we mortgaging the future for, you know, Cano and Diaz right now? Are the Mets in a position to win right now if we were to make this deal? And that answer is no. So what I really, what I'm really thinking about here is, if the Mets do decide to execute on this deal, they're going to have to or they have to have plans in place to go ahead and sign a big name free agent. Um, they definitely got to be they got to they got to have something going with them to go ahead and maybe make a deal for Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. And as much as I don't like Manny Machado, the person and I don't like Bryce Harper, the person, I can't deny the fact that their on field production is there and that they will greatly improve. New York Mets so I'm like when I when I heard this deal and I hear all the pieces that Seattle's getting like my arms falling off like it's legit I feel like this might be this could be this has the potential to be one of the worst trades in Mets history if Dunn and Kellenic turn out to be um what they're supposed to be then this is a terrible deal especially especially when you factor in Cano's age, and Edwin Diaz, he's one injury away from, you know, just, you know, pitchers are very, you know, they're very delicate, you know what I mean, especially with all the people getting Tommy John surgery and all the, you know, all the pitchers getting injured so easily, you know, what if we get Cano, Cano's older, he could get injured, and Diaz could get injured, and then what, then the mesh is traded, you know, some pieces and then two two of their top five prospects to Seattle for nothing. You know what I mean? That's the issue, you know. But, you know, in life, you got to take risks. So, you know, at the end of the day, 
we're not gonna know the answer to this trade until you know years down the road but what I'm thinking is if the Mets execute this trade they they are probably going to sign a top tier free agent it makes sense because the reason why the Mets will have money to, to sign a top tier free agent is because they're sending away so many prospects as a supplement to not pay for the Robinson Cano contract so pretty much you know we're gonna get Cano and we're gonna get Diaz and it's not gonna cost the Mets any money and then the money that they have left over, they could go ahead and sign that big piece. Um, so, I mean, if you give me Cano and you give me Diaz, you got a closer. We got a second baseman. Uh, Ahmed Rosario continues to play well. Um, you know, Conforto's healthy. You know, Nimmo continues to progress. We're talking about, you know, a team that can maybe do something next season. You know what I mean? Um, and I understand that, especially since... You know, the life expectancy of winning and being a contender, you know, sometimes that window closes so quickly. You know, and the Mets have, we got Syndergaard, which apparently they're thinking about trading to get pieces. we we'll see what's going to happen with that. And then we got our boy Cy Young, Mr. Jacob deGrom, who, you know, I think he's about, he's 30 years old now. So I give him, you know, and pitchers, pitchers as good as deGrom, like they can last for, for a lot of years. So I could give deGrom at least four or five more you know, all-star type seasons left. And um, I understand why they're trying to go all in right now. But at the same time, we got to pay the ground too. And um, that's, there's money that's going to go into that. So we'll see what happens with this trade as of right now. Um, I'm just 50-50 on it. If it happens, it happens. And um, we got to see what, what the follow-up is. But it's just a risky trade, man, especially when you're, when you're dealing two of the top prospects. Um, the real issue here is that the Mets, the Mets need to, they need to figure, they got to, they got to fill a lot of holes. That's a problem, you know, and I know, you know, Cano and Diaz are going to fill two holes, um, but the Mets got to get a catcher. The Mets got to revamp their whole bullpen. The bench isn't the best, so... I don't know. The Mets got to they got to figure a lot of stuff out here. So we're going to see how that deal unfolds. I was hoping to get an answer like whether this deal was going to go down today or, you know, if it when whenever it's going to happen. But uh we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, I'm just ex- I mean, at the same time it's exciting to see the Mets finally do something for us Mets fans, but we'll see what happens. So, that's that. No more Mets. I know there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this. Like, yo, Mets suck, yada, yada, yada. Been dealing with that my whole life. So let's switch gears. Um, Let's talk about some real talk real quick. Real talk on these Cyber Monday deals. They, I, I was not impressed with a lot of Cyber Monday deals. You know, they had the same, you know, they had the same electronic deals, like for TVs and things like that. But the best deal that I found on Cyber Monday that I'm definitely going to look out for next year I think I'm a ball out next year. Is um, if you guys have ever heard of Udemy, Udemy is a website where you can take like online courses and things like that. And bro, this website had courses that cost you know fifty dollars, eighty dollars, a hundred dollars. You know, courses that cost a lot of money. They were having a Cyber Monday deal where these co- these courses were only ten dollars. Nine ninety nine for these courses, and at the end of the day, like real talk, like 
you know, in life, you want to continue to keep learning. You want to continue to keep growing. You know, I, you know, we easily could spend, you know, $300 on a TV, $300 on a Nintendo Switch, you know, $300 on, you know, whatever the hell you want to buy. But if you're not learning and you're not continuing to grow, that investment was not optimized. You know what I mean? And I, of course, you can go ahead and you can buy whatever. Like, not everything has to be about, you know, bettering yourself and things like that. But when I was looking at this, I was like, yo, this is a perfect deal to, like, buy courses on different things that you've always wanted to learn or dabble with. You know what I mean? So I bought a course, like, about, like, social media. Um, I bought a course about, like, you know, I bought a couple IT courses just trying to, like, stay up to date with my field. Um, something with programming. I bought, like, another course with, you know, some other hobby that I've always been interested in. So that was definitely the deal on Cyber Monday. So definitely next year, take a note of that and be like, yo, I'm going to check out Udemy.com, see what courses they have. And you never know. Like, you might find a course that you like. And it's literally crazy. Like, these courses are legit. Like, you know, sometimes I battle with, like, whether I want to do a master's, you know, I want to do a master's degree or whatever. And, like, bro, these courses can easily supplement. You know, it's not, you might not have the degree, but at the end of the day, what really matters is the skills that you learn and the things that you know. You know what I mean? Because there, there's plenty of people out there that don't have an undergrad, undergrad, undergraduate degree in IT, but they know a lot more than me because they, they have certifications and they've, you know, they've taken certain online courses and they've done, you know, they've done what they have to do. So at the end of the day, it's not even about the piece of paper. It's about the skills that you you learn throughout, you know. And when I look back on, like, Q's, you know, I look back at, like, my last couple of years, like, I wish I would have took, you know, some courses a little bit more seriously to develop those skills and learn them. Because now it's like, damn, like, I got to relearn the skill or whatever. You know what I mean? So, but you can teach yourself. You can learn easily. Like, you just got to put your mind to it and apply yourself. And, you know, there's courses out there that are that are cheap. You know, you don't have to go out and go to, you know, NYU for a master's degree in, you know, whatever. Like, you can find a course, a legit course, that has, like, 500-plus hours of learning and all this other stuff. And it's something that you're going to have for forever. Like, once you buy a course, like, you have that. So you can rewatch it. You can re, you know, just, like, freaking use it to your advantage and, and tackle it when you want to tackle it, you know, like, you know, going to college, doing everything is on somebody else's time most of the time. You know, you gotta, you gotta ease your way. But you know, it's good when you could you could put things on your time. So that's my spiel about that. Um, let's talk about Dummy Boy real quick. That dropped. Um, I believe it dropped on Tuesday, was it? But pretty much, my boy Six Nine did not disappoint. I don't care what anybody has to say. Um, I've been saying this for. A year, a year and a half that Takashi 69 is growing and he's putting out good music. And I know a lot of people, you know, everyone has different opinions on whether they like, you know, a certain artist or not. But in terms of, I, like, I've seen him, I've seen him grow. Like, I've seen, you know, songs that he's put out in 2015, 2016, 2017. And I could just see, like, I can see the evolution of an artist that could possibly be bigger than like larger than life and that he I feel like he actually did become a little bit larger than life 
with all the trolling and all that other stuff. And, you know, I, ultimately, it it came back to bite him, a lot of the things that he did. That's why he locked up right now. But Dummy Boy, if you listen to that, man, he, he's got killer songs, with one with Tory Lanez, uh, Kika, uh, uh, Mama with Nicki, Nicki Minaj, and, and Kanye West is, is a dope song. Uh, Mala, he has another great song with Anuel. Um, there's another song, I believe Waka is a song with A Boogie. Um, this dude, literally, like, all these songs are really, they're really well put together songs. If you're a 6 9 fan, I know you enjoyed it. And, like, other people who, who were haters or, you know, weren't big fans of 6 9 like, when they, I've, I've, I've talked to these people, too. It's like, yo, I didn't really like him, but I heard the album. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. You know, I maybe, I might start giving him a chance. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, now you're going to give him a chance. But, like, this dude's been doing his thing. He's been grinding, and I can respect the hustle and the grind that, you know, 6 9 has put in in just a year. You know what I mean? So, if you definitely haven't heard Dummy Boy yet, check it out. Um... Show some love. And, yeah, the album was dope. And speaking of music, um, Meek Mill just came out with um, an album. I think it's called Champions or Championship or something like that. Um, but the top song right now that's trending on Twitter right now is What's Free. And that that's a song with Ricky Rose and Jay-Z that um, it's pretty dope. I, that's the only song I heard on the album, but I'm, I'm going to keep listening to that album. And, um... Yeah, we we see we see if that that comes through, man. This this year's been a crazy year with like music and celebrities and things like that. Like 2018 lost a lot of people, man. You talking about you know, Excess Tentacion, talking about Lil Peep, talking about Mac Miller, um just and celebrities Stan Lee, um the creator of SpongeBob recently passed away. Um just a lot of a lot of losses this year and it's just you know I, I it's i've been starting to think about that and i watched a video from my boy um Redel ortiz he's one of like ig's like most famous comedians right now like spanish comedians doing stuff he was just talking about how you know a lot of these people they die young or like they die doing what they wanted to do and like there's people out here living living their life and they're just kind of like dead inside you know what i mean you know, you could be, like, 30 years old, but you're not doing anything, and you're, like, just down and depressed in the dumps. Like, imagine imagine if um, imagine if Tupac, Tupac passed away, I believe, when he was 25 or 26 years old. Imagine imagine Tupac and the prime of his life, and they say the prime of your life um, is, like, you know, 27 to, like, 32 or whatever. Like, imagine Tupac in the prime of his life, what he would have done, all the crazy things he would have done. If he didn't, you know, if he wasn't killed, you know what I mean? So that's one thing that, you know, it started resonating with me. It's like, yo, like, you know, you're blessed to have this opportunity of life. And, you know, you should always every day, you know, try to try to optimize who you are, what you want to do and chase your dreams, man. Like even even if you're 45, 50 years old and you had a dream and you kind of let it go, you can always chase it. You can always come back to it. You can always, you know, um you know, do do the things that make you happy. You know, if you if you chasing the dream makes you happy and, you know, it helps you get through what you're getting through, then do it. You know what I mean? And you never know what's gonna happen. You know, I've seen a bunch of different success stories of different people, like 
failing in their 20s, succeeding in their 30s, failing in their 40s, succeeding in their 50s. Like, you know, we're still young. There's still time. And you can still go and do whatever it is that you want to go for. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it for me, honestly, I've been doing like a little mental shift in my head about like the narrative of my life and the things that are going on. And if you try to spin it and you accept certain things that are coming at you and then you try to turn it into, you know, you change the narrative and be like, yo, like this is happening to me. This is unfair. And you just change it to, you know, this is the situation. This is what I'm going to do about it. And this is what I'm going to focus on to better it. Like when you change that narrative and you stop like letting things beat you down and get you, get to you and you keep focusing on what you want to do then you're starting to make progress. And I know these past couple these past couple weeks for me, like, I've been doing a lot of things that I said I always wanted to do, and I'm doing them, and I'm changing my narrative, and I'm just going for it. Like, I don't care, you know, what happens, you know, but mo- I'm starting to build momentum in certain things, like, you know, just things that I've always wanted to do. And it's always been, it's it's kind of like a domino effect. When you start doing things, people start reacting to it. You know, you start getting opportunities elsewhere, Trust me, it might not make total sense what I'm saying, but just trust me that when you start doing things, people start noticing, people start reacting to it, and things start happening. You know what I mean? So it's always important to keep doing and keep striving for something and to just keep going. So that's pretty much my spiel for that. Um, we're going to switch switch lanes to our final topic right now. We're going to talk about stocks right now, and this week's been kind of interesting with this this market correction so i still think we're in a market correction i still think that's gonna last until the end of the year but this past week we've seen i think three consecutive green days today today for me has been kind of red but stocks like amazon and netflix have you know seemed to um start reversing so amazon amazon since the last time we talked amazon is up at least close to $160. Netflix is up probably $30, $40. So I think the key thing to remember here, uh, a correction is definitely an opportunity to, you know, make make more of what you could have made if there wasn't a correction. You know what I mean? So one of the guys I follow, Ricky Gutierrez, and I'll tell you guys, like, follow this dude if you guys really want to learn trading. He's the one who's helped me a lot. Um, he's on YouTube. Just look up Ricky Gutierrez. I actually met the dude, um, in New York. That was dope. Like this dude is a millionaire, man. And this dude was humble. He was like one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. He wasn't flashy. He wasn't about, you know, anything, man. You know what it is? Like, I don't know how many of y'all could say that y'all hung out with a millionaire for three hours. And it was just like, it was chill, man. Like we went to Chipotle. We talked, we talked trading. Um, you know, we went to the, the stock exchange um, we hung out at like uh, Battery Park. Like it was lit. You know what I mean? This dude was a millionaire. He was making his dreams come true. And you know, I was feeding off of that, and that was inspiring me to be like, "Yo, I could do the same thing." You know what I mean? If I just stay focused on it. So definitely check him out, man. That's that's the boy right there. Um, check him out on YouTube. Um, you you'll learn a lot about trading and things like that. But um, a correction, like I said, like this dude. So this dude Ricky, this past week, he made the most money he ever made in one day. And that's because he took advantage of the market correction and the market being down. And um, he made money on natural gas, on you guys and D guys. I think dude made like $6,000 in one day just, you know, 
monitoring his trades and doing what he had to do. So there's definitely a lot of things. And I, I traded this week. Um, so the past couple of days I've been up. I'm up about 180 bucks just trading. Um, so that's that's dope, man. 180 bucks. That's like a work day. You know, it's extra. You know, you work five days a week or four days a week. Me, I work part time. I work four days a week. So for me to make that extra, you know, 100 something in one day, it kind of supplements for me not working full time. You know what I mean? So things like that, man. You just keep trading. You keep, you stay positive, um, and you can't miss those. You can't miss those green days, man. That's why you got to keep your money in the market, and you got to just analyze. Like if you really about it and you really want this to be successful, it's something that you just have to set. Just just set 20 to 30 minutes of your day to just you know be like, yo, I'm I'm gonna check the news. I'm gonna see what's going on with the market and all that stuff. Just do that, you know. And if you keep doing that every day. Like, you'll start seeing patterns, you'll start understanding things, and things will get a lot easier for you. You know what I mean? And for me, like, it's tough. Like, trading's hard. It's tough. Like, I can attest to it. Like, I've had my ups and my downs. But the fact that it's interesting to me and I like it, it keeps me going and I, I stay in it. You know what I mean? So, definitely, definitely just stay in the market. And now's a good opportunity to, you know, make things happen, you know? So that's that's looking to be dope. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I gotta say for this this week's episode. Um, we'll see we'll see what happens next week. Um, I might. What I've been doing is I've been um, I've been going on like Meetup.com just to like see like different things that I could do in my area. I've been checking out like comedy shows and things like that and open mics. So. I'm probably, probably 95% confirmed, unless something comes up, I think I want to do my first open mic on December 3rd, um, I just gotta, I found the show, I just gotta f- get all the details, but I think I'm gonna go for that, we're gonna see what's gonna happen with that, so that's something to look forward to, um, I'm definitely, I'll definitely have, like, you know, I'll definitely tell stories about how that went, and, you know, what's going on, so we'll see, so, yeah, man. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend, guys. I'll see y'all next week. And peace.